Taped from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Yeah, and I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. How you doing, Jay, Johnny boy? Yeah, I'm doing okay. You, you had some fun with that opening. Nerd out! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to, you know, trying to bring the energy today, trying to bring it up. I'm, uh, you know, I don't mind telling you, I'm a little bit, you know, pooped, a little tired, so like, I gotta pump myself up, I gotta rev myself up to talk about Saturday Night Live, and it's, you know, it's always easy, because SNL, you know, gives gives me the, the feels, because I'm a big old SNL nerd, as we all know. Mmm, yes, I've heard that about you, yes. Yes, 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 my, that's my, my it's, it's known in the streets that I'm a big SNL nerd, that's, that's my, you know, that's my, my, my reputation precedes me. Well, that, and, you know, you have that bedazzled jean jacket, so... I do, I do, yeah. it's, you know, I think it looks lovely on me, it compliments... My physique, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty shiny, and I will I will make you one if if you uh, if you want. We could be like a uh, bedazzled jacket buddies. Sure, yeah. Yay, I'm... done. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a, I'll I'll adorn it with rhinestones and everything. It's gonna be all right. Well, that sounds fantastic. Like a plan. Yeah. So. Um... Go- so, listeners, check out, you know, keep an eye out on my uh, Instagram page. Look there for uh, two bedazzled buddies with uh, SNL ma- SNL nerds matching jackets. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a hot summer, baby. Yep, we're gonna make that happen. Mm-hmm. We certainly are. It's gonna be great. We certainly, certainly Ooh. are. Well, I can't wait to make my way to the craft store. <laughs> you fire up the glue gun. Ooh, ooh, it's gonna make a whole day of it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we're here. Uh, we're here to talk about yet another new episode of SNL. This one would be the uh, Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX episode from March fifth, uh, twenty twenty-two. That's uh, season forty-seven, episode fourteen. Yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac, a great, phenomenal, fantastic actor, uh, mostly known for dramatic work uh, inside mm-hmm. Lewin Davis, Ex Machina. Uh, of course, uh, Poe Dameron in the Star Wars films. Of course, uh, he was in Dune, upcoming Moon Knight. He's known as like sort of the like a very intense, dramatic actor. A lot of people compare him to like a young Pacino, and I, I could totally see that. Hmm. So, yeah, you haven't heard that? I don't know if I have offhand, but yeah, I can kind of okay. see it. Yeah, like a like a, you know like a early like seventies Pacino, like you mm-hmm. know. Um, that's you know, like when Serpico. he was young. Yes. 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 Out. You know. Yeah. You know. Serpico. Pacino, Serpico era Pacino. And uh, right. yeah, I could totally see that. Um, so yeah. So a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, yes, he can do drama, but can this man do comedy, commedia dell'arte?" And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm silly today. And uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I had a, I had a, I mean, I had a pretty good feeling that. He would do well in a sketch comedy. Uh, you know, like he only had that little bit of time in as that in that cameo in the Sudeikis. Um, what up with that uh, sketch when Sudeikis hosted it? Oh, and yeah, I just, I've forgotten that. Yeah, so something told me. All right, he might have some comedy chops here. He might be all right. And um, I mean, I'll I'll spoil a little bit here. But I I think he did a pretty great job as a host. I thought he was a pretty strong host. So do I. All right, well, that's it for this week. Well, Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah. This has been a little shorter than usual. But, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. follow us on Twitter, yeah. at SNL Nerds Show. Oh, wow, we wrapped this up nice and tight. 
All right. We liked him as a host. So that's our analysis for this week. (laughs) Bye. Actually, you know what? Let's maybe we should do something different and talk about each sketch in this show. Just let's switch it up. <sighs> okay, fine. Let's Here. let's go through it sketch by sketch. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, interesting show. Um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think okay. it quite hit the heights of the Mulaney episode uh, from last week, but well, let's get into it. Um, okay, all right. We, we started out with uh, the Fox News Ukraine cold open, which was, they billed this as live from Mar-a-Lago, the Fox News Ukrainian Invasion Celebration Spectacular with hosts Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. And we have uh, Kate McKinnon, of course, playing Laura Ingram and Alex Moffat playing Tucker Carlson, which I can't recall him ever playing Tucker Carlson before. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you're being sarcastic or not, but... No, but no I, I was being totally sincere. Has he played him before, and I'm just totally forgetting about it? Yeah, he, are you serious? Yeah, he totally plays Tucker Carlson, like, all the time. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I didn't... I can't... You're such a good comedic actor. I don't know when you're being, you know, serious or, or sarcastic. You're, well, I, I mean, deadpan is my basic brand, so, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, and sometimes my sarcasm can be so advanced that it, it comes off as, <laughs> as me being sincere. Um, See, I studied a advanced sarcasm in college, so you'd think I'd be able to pick up on that. But yeah, uh, well, um, somehow I, w- I guess I just uh, totally um, blanked on Alex Moffat playing Tucker Carlson before, but I thought his his Tucker Carlson impression is pretty amazing. And it is I pretty good. Really, yeah. I, I was really impressed with the wig that he was wearing. <laughs> I mean, because it made him look eerily like Tucker Carlson. Yeah, Tucker Carlson has a very distinct haircut. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like, it's kind of like bangs or kind of like swoops down to the, it looks like a little boy's haircut a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a haircut that should have changed or you should have gotten a different haircut once you got into your 20s. But he's, He's standing on strong to that haircut. Well, you know, and the, the bow tie it also adds uh, aids the the little boy. Does um, he? Does he still do the bow tie? I thought he. I don't know it. if he does still do the bow tie. He might have given that up, but it's such a it's such an image. I can totally see why SNL did that. Yeah, like I don't know uh, the bow tie thing. It's very unless it's with a tuxedo, it's very hard to pull off and make look cool. I've always felt. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a tuxedo, that's a different sort of thing. Um, yeah. Unless you're in a tuxedo or you're Jimmy Olsen. Um, yeah. Maybe not do the bow tie. Yeah. Unless you're, again, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Roger Rabbit, he can pull yes. it off. Yeah. If you uh, are a literal cartoon character, I would <laughs> on the, on the yeah. bow tie thing. Yes. Porky Pig, you're fine. You can, mm-hmm. you can yeah. rock that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody else, not so much. But, uh, yeah, I was just so impressed with his uh, Tucker Carlson impression. Uh, and I was thinking, like, well, why haven't we seen this on the show before? But apparently we have, and I'm a moron. So, okay. Yeah, well, no worries. Yeah, yeah thanks, for, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> nope, no problem, buddy. Here to help. Okay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so like, they're basically sort of doing this, like, a telethon where they're raising money for the real um, people that need it. Uh, the oligarchs. Yes, yes, because of course that's 
who Fox is going to sympathize with. And, and yes. that's basically what they're doing now is they're, they're saying all this pro Putin stuff and all this pro Russia stuff. And <laughs> I don't know. And just like, you know, Oh, Ukraine had it coming. <laughs> God, what's, what's happening to our world? My God. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's so nuts. Um, and we have uh, Donald Trump manning the phones and just going off into his unique sort of word salad, free association stuff on yeah. the phones. He's just talking about Rihanna. Rihanna being pregnant. And then yeah. I, I think at one point he goes on uh, rambling about bread, how it's his favorite food. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, as, as you do. And of course, as always, Trump is played by the cold open kid himself, Mr. James. Austin Johnson. Yep, yep, and you know, just killer Trump impression. I mean, he does he does a great job, and he he you know, much like our friend GL Colvin, he he kind of captures the way Trump's mind works, where he just like leaps from topic to topic without much, (laughs) without it making sense. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is just whatever you're thinking at the moment. Just say it. And yeah. then just keep doing that. And, yeah. you know, people will listen if you say, and as long as you say it with enough confidence, people yeah. will be like, oh, he's really smart. He says what he means. He's, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's dumb. Um, uh, we had Bowen Yang come in as Steven Seagal. <laughs> Yes, uh, Steven Seagal, a man who pretends to be Native American and a Japanese. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I said it that way just because that's how Bowen said it. I'm not... Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Don't cancel me, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was odd. And then we had um, we had Mikey Day uh, come in as Don Jr. And uh, Cecily Strong come in as Kimberly Guilfoyle. Am I pronouncing that right? I believe so. I believe it's pronounced uh, Harpy. Oh, yes. Okay. Harpy. <laughs> as, as Kimberly Harpy. And... <laughs> yeah! And, and Mikey's Don Jr. was was pretty great, too. I mean, he's just obviously, like, he's got all that coked-up energy, and he's just very... He's just hopping around, and I thought that was yeah. really great. Right. And, of course, the two of them sing the... The Shallows song from uh, A Star Is Born. So mm-hmm. we get some sing, we get some singing Cecily right off the singing top. Singing Cecily, yes. And not to be outdone, Trump sings <laughs> My Funny Valentine. <laughs> Which, it's Putin. If we ever heard Trump sing My Funny Valentine for real, I feel like that is what it would sound like. Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, and, and like I feel like if Trump sang it, it would like you said, it would be like that. And he would think he he was nailing it. Yes. Like, in his mind, he sings like Luther Vandross. Like, I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I, th- I felt this was a pretty good uh, cold open. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. Not not too bad. Um, it didn't go on too long. I think it's like around eight minutes. It's eight minutes. Um, it didn't really seem like it. I was kind of surprised when I saw the time uh, on YouTube. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that went by kind of quickly. Um, yeah. So, which which is good for a cold open. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. I mean, it wasn't like laugh out loud hilarious, but it was. I thought it was decent enough. The cold open. Um, yeah. They pretty much stayed on topic. 
because like that's another thing we it didn't meander too much yeah yeah i mean exactly it was basically just like focusing on the russia ukraine thing and making fun of the the fox news hosts right and i think Uh, that's all it needed to do and i i thought that did it it did it very well i thought the performances were really good yeah yeah so uh so far so good Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So far, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So far, all right. Uh, next, we have <laughs> a monologue from our host of the week, Mr. Os- Oscar Isaac. Um, I, I like the line about he said he was originally ho- asked to host in 2015, but he decided to wait until after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And SNL is like, what pandemic? <laughs> so I like yes. that Oscar Isaac knows the future. Yeah, like I think right off the rip, what I liked from this uh, monologue is that Oscar Isaac, like, automatically you see that he has a good sense of humor. He's able mm-hmm. to sort of laugh at himself. Like he even talks about how, you know, he 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 kind of knows that people he looks like sort of uh, ethnically ambiguous. Like yes. he's like right off the top, he said that joke. You know that joke a priest a rabbi walk into a bar where I could play any of those guys in that joke. Cause like, right, you don't, right. you don't quite know what he is, but, but, I'm, but you know, he looks kind of ambiguous enough. He could play like any, any uh, ethnic, ethnic, at least ethnicity. by Hollywood standards. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, another thing that they do in these new monologues that uh, first time hosts have done was like, they introduce themselves to the audience and they talk about their background a little bit. We learned he grew up in uh, Miami. We, mm-hmm. we learned he, um, his full name is Oscar Isaac. Hernandez Estrada. Right, so. and he told Hollywood, pick any two of these names, and they went with the whitest of the two names. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Oscar Estrada sounds like a pretty cool name, too. I'm surprised he didn't go with that, but I don't know. Maybe I just like the last name Estrada. Maybe yeah, well, then, you know, then he'd just be fielding constant questions about if he's related to Eric Estrada. Mm, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah. Constantly bombarded by Chip's questions. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, so we also learned he's uh, you know half Cuban, half Guatemalan, and um, then he he does this thing with um, I thought it was like a really cool little segue where he talks about how uh, now he's now going to be joining the Marvel universe in Moon Knight, and and he says, but before that, I actually was um, in a movie called The Avenger, not The Avengers, The Avenger, singular, right. which was a movie that he. <laughs> wrote, shot, and directed uh, when he was a 10-year-old living in Florida. And they actually showed clips of this. Um, and it, it's quite amusing. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a home run when you see, like, uh, you know, old photos of cast members or hosts when they were kids. But just add on to that actual home video, home movie footage. That's automatically going to warm everybody's heart. Everybody's going, mm-hmm. oh, look, look at him, the little little baby Oscar trying to, you know, kicking down a twig and a scene where he's walking past the pool and you can clearly see uh, his best friend's dad in the background cleaning out that pool. That that was what killed me. Was just the, <laughs> guy, the guy's dad cleaning the pool in the background. Yeah. Hey, Mister Ferguson. <laughs> I mean, that was great. It's like you know. He he either can't wait to to shoot <laughs> five minutes, or his dad has to clean the pool at right that moment. Both of those things had to happen at the same time. That was very funny. Dad, um, you're ruining our movie. God. I also liked how Oscar Isaac said that he had to actually sign a licensing agreement to show clips 
of his movie on the show. So now NBC Universal owns his movie, The Avenger. I I see a gritty reboot coming up. I mean, I I just love that that concept. That's hilarious that the legal department actually made him do that. Yeah, I do wonder, like, if you if the whole movie is like up for streaming somewhere on Peacock. That would be great. He did make a joke about that. That would that would be funny. I would I would watch that entire thing if, as long as it wasn't too long. <laughs> I have things to do. I can't. Well, you know, if it yeah, if it's if it's more than like a half hour long, I think the novelty would wear off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't see a ten year old's movie being longer than like thirty minutes. I'll give it a good twenty, and uh, yeah, I think that's the right length. For it. <laughs> like I, said, guess... I got I got shit to do. <laughs> I guess see you talk talking to the director, the, like a ten year old kid, like, hey kid, it's been twenty minutes. Let's wrap it up here, right? Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on, Scorsese. la dee da Time is money. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, a, a cute opening, I thought. Yeah, uh, I think it was very cute. It, it did what it's supposed to do, which is uh, endear Oscar to everybody. You know, we get to know him a little bit more. We get to see he has a great sense of humor. And, uh, you know, he, he used to be, he's a weird kid. Like, mm-hmm. like, a lot, like a lot of us were back in, back in the day. So I was like, yeah, you're a weirdo just like us. Welcome aboard, Oscar. We, we love you. Yeah, yeah, I like that he said towards the end of his monologue, he said it's important to encourage kids to be weirdos because every once in a while, one of those weirdos grows up to host SNL, which which was cool. That's right. You hear that, kids? You could grow up to host SNL, or you could grow up to uh, do a podcast about SNL. So right. stay weird, my friends. Stay weird. Stay weird. Yeah. <laughs> stay weird. da ba 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 da 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 all right, so next we had our first sketch. Uh, this was called Paw Patrol. Um, this I, I thought was pretty clever. It was, it's just done as a campaign against the current mayor of the, the town that Paw Patrol takes place in. And Oscar Isaac is running against the mayor and just complaining that all of their emergency response team falls. <laughs> it is, it's literally six dogs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I mean, I don't know how many of you out there have watched Paw Patrol, but it's a, it's apparently it's a big hit with little kids. Mm-hmm. It's like this. It's it's have have you? I feel like well, I'll ask you. Have you watched Paw Patrol, John? I have not. Um, mm. Since I am a forty-nine-year-old man who is childless, I feel like it would be odd for me to watch Paw Patrol. I'm aware of Paw Patrol, and I I knew that it was a thing, and I right. think I could have vaguely told you what it was about. But I, I think this sketch laid out enough of what Paw Patrol is that even if you haven't seen Paw Patrol, you get it. Yeah. Yeah, bas- yeah basically it's like dogs doing, I guess, you know, like, like you know, big boy jobs, like uh, firefighter, mm-hmm. cops, and, you right. know, essential workers. Yeah. But all by dogs, and they all work in this one city called, I think, Adventure Bay, and they're all kind of headed up by this one little kid, uh, Ryder, who, like, sends the dogs out to you know, save people. And right, of course, yeah, and they, they do rescues and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and we have testimonials from citizens like, like Mikey Day saying, so there's just like one dog who, who's the fire department. So if you have two fires happening somewhere at the same time, that second fire is just SOL. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, 
I like the idea of, I think it's a great idea for a sketch, but I, part mm-hmm. of me kind of wishes they went a little bit further with it. Because, like, once they set up the premise of it where, oh, this, like, because like, they started off as uh, the mayor of the town, uh, played by Ego Wodum, you know, congratulating the Paw Patrol for doing a good job once again. And then, you know, it turns into that uh, black and white uh, footage. And, of course, the red lettering over the black and white photo of the mayor saying, enough with the lie. So you basically see this is, this is like a, a smear campaign almost. Mm-hmm. And um, so then they introduced the concept, which is, you know, now that uh, dogs are basically the ta- this town's police and firefighter it's, you know, system, this Paw Patrol initiative, the town has gone to hell. Because, you know, it's a good premise, but I don't know. I, I kind of wish they they played with it a little bit more and, like, I, I think the escalation really wasn't there for me, but I did like the concept. I wish they did more with it, but I'm just. Going to I I I thought it worked fine. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I liked how they said that it was like six dogs was their entire COVID response team, and I I liked that they also said that uh, that they have a large amount of unsolved murders and carjackings right. in the the Paw Patrol town because those are not crimes that Paw Patrol addresses. Right. So, and I also like the weird touch at the very end where we discover that Oscar Isaac's character is actually the husband of the mayor, of the current mayor. Uh, that was a I good thought, twist. I like that. Yeah. Twist. I thought I thought that was a, a cool, a nice, bizarre touch. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. I thought this was a pretty strong sketch at the beginning. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, they also talk about how, you know, I think it was Kate McKinnon, who's one of the uh, talking heads saying that like six dogs cannot protect a city roughly the size of San Diego. Yes. <laughs> And uh, I did like the part where they showed like a nine one one call, mm-hmm. and it was basically uh, Ryder, the little boy who controls the Paw Patrol, picking up saying nine one one. How can we help? And it's the guy's like, oh my god, I need help. Am I my some wrong? My girlfriend, man, I think she's ODing. And then the boy goes, um, uh, hold please. And he just yeah. hangs, immediately <laughs> and hangs then up. The call is disconnected. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I kind of wanted it to go. Maybe I don't maybe maybe not necessarily darker, but I feel like it needed more. But I did like the concept. I did like the idea mm-hmm. of this stuff quite a bit. Yeah, so I th- I thought that was uh, getting things off to a fairly strong start. Yeah. Uh, next, we had a pre-tape segment called "Inventing Chloe." Uh, this was a a parody of the what is I think one of the big trendy shows right now, "Inventing Anna." I think that's on Netflix. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. So inventing Anna, it's a show I'm, I'm aware of, but I have not watched. I have Uh, not seen it either. I'm kind of wishing that SNL would just release lists of what their various cast members and writers are streaming right now. So I could familiarize myself (laughs) with them a bit more and be more prepared for these parodies of shows that I've not seen before. You know, just like this week. Chloe is is watching uh, Inventing Anna. So be be prepared to see a sketch about him. I mean, they kind of did that in in the beginning of the sketch. They show Chloe watching Inventing Anna, and then they Mm -hmm. show, like, a little bit of the character she's supposed to be. I mean, for 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 those who don't know, Inventing Anna is a um, miniseries created and produced by Shonda Rhimes on Netflix, and uh, it's it's basically the story of uh, Anna Sorokin. Mm-hmm. Who uh, also Anna Delvey, who was basically this um, con artist, we'll say, uh, yeah. who 
between okay, I'm just looking up on uh, Wikipedia now. So uh, apparently Anna Sorokin, she's somebody of Rus Russian and German, uh, you know, background, con artist, fraudster. Between 2013 and 2017, she pretended to be a wealthy German heiress under the name Anna Delvey. And in 2017, she was arrested after defrauding or intentionally deceiving major financial institutions, banks, hotels, and acquaintances in the U.S. for a total of $275,000. Okay. So, yeah, so like a real nice person. Right, right. So sounds like a really good person. <laughs> yeah, one of the best. Uh, by the way, at the beginning of this, I mean, it just starts out with Chloe sitting in her dressing room watching the show, watching Inventing Anna, not SNL. And I, I have to say... Uh, Chloe's dressing room, apparently, it's beautifully decorated. Yeah, um, whoa. I was like, wow, that looks so wonderfully homey and stuff. And you know, Chloe, if by any chance you're listening, I'd love for you to redo my apartment. Or, I mean, because yeah. my goodness, that looks wonderful. Yeah, fix my life, Chloe Feynman. Yeah. Yeah, zhuzh my place up, you know. Exactly. Throw, you know, throw, throw around some throw pillows and uh, some decor, if mm -hmm. you could. Mm-hmm. Yes, she has a she has a lovely aesthetic. I, she I has, just like to say, yes, she has um, she has an eye. She has an eye. She has an eye. So yeah, and so Chloe, uh, she sees Andrew Dismukes uh, coming by with a sandwich, and she starts like gaslighting him in in the style of Anna uh, Delvey to give him her sandwich, <laughs> uh, give her his sandwich, right? Like so, she puts on the Russian German accent, like that is my mm -hmm. sandwich in your mouth now. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're mistaken. That's my sandwich. And and the next day she comes in like to SNL, all made up like Anna, and she's just going around and just stealing power, power, and <laughs> ordering expensive things and doing all that stuff. I liked when well, when she goes up to Michael Che and she's just like, Lauren says that I'm hosting update now and michael che is just literally like okay cool and then he immediately gets up and leaves and i thought I, yeah yeah i, I thought I that was the, funny the idea that that uh, michael che has a rolling suitcase behind the update desk at all times so he is ready to leave at a moment's notice i thought that was the funniest part of the sketch the fact that michael che is ready to abandon the show at the drop of a hat yeah, that, yeah. That, that's very on brand for Che. <laughs> I, I love that. That was very funny. Um, I, I thought this was a funny s sketch. Um, I liked at the end when Kate McKinnon comes in. She's just like, you've been delving everyone today. I like that they were making delving a verb. Yeah, I, hear you. I, I thought this sketch was all right. I feel like I would have liked it more if I knew, if I watched Inventing Anna and I was more, you know, mm -hmm. No, I, I knew who the character was more. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think it's one of those things where, because, like, all right, with Paw Patrol, I was able to get enough of um, of what they put in the sketch to enjoy the sketch, even though I didn't, I don't watch Paw Patrol. With mm -hmm. this sketch, I feel like you really need to see Inventing Anna in, in order to enjoy it more. Yeah, it would it's give you more context for it. I mean, I was, all I knew was that it was about a con artist who, like, either stole somebody's identity or was like gaslighting people. I mean, I knew enough to get it. Yeah. I knew enough to get it. I was like, okay, I, I get it. But like, if I watched the show, I think I would have really enjoyed it more. Cause like, I would have been like, Oh, that sounds exactly like Anna. And, uh, but like, I did like a few things here and there, like the way, um, 
uh, when Chloe talks to one of the pages, who I think I believe is played by a writer's assistant, and mm. she said, and she says, "I put this on my card, darling." And then yeah. the page says, uh, "This is actually an M- This is actually an MTA card." And she right. says, "Run it again." Yeah, like things like that, and of course the runner of how the page keeps asking Chloe, "Hey, uh, so do you have that money you promised me? Because like uh, I've actually gotten into some trouble with it through the cops, and like I really need it." And of course it ends with him getting arrested by the cops. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was that was cute. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought the sketch was okay, but I feel like it's a sketch where you really need to watch Inventing Anna in order to really to have it really click with you. Fair enough. Yeah, but other than that, that was okay. 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 So okay. I mean, basically, you just like me. You would have liked to have gotten Chloe's Netflix playlist. Yes. Beforehand, so you you could have been familiar with, you know, what she was watching. Absolutely, Chloe. Just just do like a screenshot of what's on your Netflix queue for the mm-hmm. for the future shows. So we can like, all right, yeah. I we have our homework. We got to watch this this. Uh, you know, love is blind, and then we'll be able to understand what the <laughs> sketches are, are going to be for next week. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do our due diligence. Uh, this uh, sketch, by the way, uh, written by Rosebud Baker, uh, Mike Desenzo, Chloe Feynman, Jake Nordwin, and Ben Silva. Mm. Okay. Uh, next, we have a sketch called Workplace Harassment Seminar. Uh, this was with Oscar and Cecily as HR reps at Lynx Pharmaceutical, giving their annual harassment seminar to the employees. Uh, yeah, this sketch, I don't know, what do you think of this sketch? I'll, let's start with you first. I've been Well, I mean, it had the phrase raw intercourse, so... Of course, I'm mm-hmm. I'm there for it. I enjoyed that. I'm all about that. Um, oh, oh yeah, ladies, <laughs> ladies. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was funny. I thought it was nicely bizarre. They're giving all sorts of HR examples of like, okay, now is this an appropriate thing to say? And they they have like all these massively inappropriate things. The employees are rightly saying like, yeah, that's that's horribly inappropriate and. And for everyone that uh, Oscar and Cecily are saying, like, no, that's actually totally appropriate because I'm her boss. <laughs> so, damn, do you live at the gym? Because that juicy booty slaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. There's a there's a lot of cool like little phrases like like juicy booty slaps and uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey N word, are you going to? Are you yeah. going? To... <laughs> I heard, you can hear people in the audience being like, whoa. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and then and then they further explain that the N word in this instance is actually nice. So. Yeah, no, because they're Italian. Hey, it's so nice. Uh, hey, you're nice. And so yeah, so you know, Oscar and um, uh, Cecily are, tr- are two crazy people in the sketch, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I th- we, we learn at the end that they're not actually HR reps. They're from a group called Could Be Worse, and they're just their job is just to come around and show how things could be worse than they actually are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the only thing I wasn't too wild about in the sketch was um, because like the way they sort of interjected that whole thing about Keenan, who's one of the uh, workers, Mm -hmm. was like, you know, busy was like had a thing of looking under people's while they were looking under people's bathroom stalls while they're in the bath. Like that was like that kind of 
took away the focus. I was like, all right, which so which storyline, which part am I supposed to be paying attention to? Like the fact that he's a peeping Tom and peeping in bathrooms or this these two crazy HR people. It, it kind of like took away the focus, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, sometimes they do that where it's like, oh, we, and I guess it, it arises out of, oh, we have to give these other people something more significant to do. So they're not just reacting to how crazy the main thing is. But yeah, sometimes it does split focus. Um, I didn't I didn't feel like it was a big, big problem with this sketch, but I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, it was just like, and I, I mean, I get they had to do that because at the end, the capper is this whole sketch is actually a TV show for uh, Keenan's character, Kevin, airing mm-hmm. on uh, the Weather Channel, which isn't a thing at anymore. At six in the morning. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was like, all right, I guess... I don't know if, if if that was like a strong enough ending to validate having to, you know, interject the whole bathroom peeping thing. But I, I guess. Yeah, it was it was kind of a bizarre ending. It was just it it was just an out of nowhere uh, ending. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just like yeah, we don't really know how else to end this case. <laughs> but I thought I thought the performances by Oscar and Cecily were really good. Yeah, no, absolutely, Oscar. Like I think this is like one of the performances was like wow, Oscar is really he is in it to win it. Like, like at one point when he's talking to, you know, the, 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 uh, the coworkers and I think he's talking, he's talking to a uh, eighties character, I think say Barbara. And I think he, he also mentions, uh, Kevin played by Keenan. It was like, wow, Kevin was right. You are, you are an uptight bitch. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn Oscar. All right. Yeah. I also liked them like casually revealing things that were told to them in confidence. Um, that, that was, that was a funny concept. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think when I saw this sketch, I was like, all right, Oscar Isaac is all in. He's 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 going yeah. for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I am here for it. Yes. Yes. Uh, this uh, sketch, by the way, was written by the Please Don't Destroy guys and Colin Jost. Uh, so mm. Martin Harrelly, John Higgins, Colin Jost, and Ben Marshall. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, now let's 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 get into one of the weirdest sketches. I've seen it well, a lot. Well, I mean, it's a Sarah Sherman sketch, so weird comes with the territory. Yeah, like, I, I feel like, but I mean, honestly, this is probably, like, the weirdest thing Sarah has done on the show. Like, because, like, I think uh-huh. when we first learned that Sarah was going to be on the show, like, we, you know, we did a little recon work and, and saw, like, oh, she's into some really weird... Okay, that makes it sound like we stalked her. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know what I... I... We're not, like, outside her apartment with binoculars. <laughs> you see the movie... We looked up some of the stuff she did online. You, you guys seen the movie Stakeout, right? It was like that. <laughs> yeah, we were Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus. Um, <laughs> and then later we went back with Rosie O'Donnell as our <laughs> third yeah. sidekick. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> we run a, we run a tight ship here over at SNL Nerds, right? Right. But no, I mean, we saw like the type of comedy she did, and I was like, oh wow, that's really bizarre and disturbing. And yeah. so we thought she would come in hot with that stuff on SNL. She really hasn't just yet. Like she's do she's had like a few desk. It's uh, been a slow ramp up. I feel like right. Yeah, yeah. I think SNL just kind of had to integrate her a little bit more, and I feel like we're we're gonna see her get weirder from here on out. Right. Like I think, like like you said, like uh, we saw her do her desk pieces on Weekend Update, so the audience mm-hmm. gets to know her, gets to like her, and then we've seen her in a few things here and there in sketches, like you know stuff she did with Pete Davidson or the sketch she did with uh, Dismukes. Um, 
and we've seen her in a few, even in like a little bit in the Please Don't Destroy sketches. So we're 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 slowly warming up to her as a person, and I think this sketch is introducing to is introducing us to who she really is. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, this sketch was I. Wow, wow. This is this is bizarre. It's um it, it's Sarah uh, and uh, Chris Red as a couple on a date. They're on their third date and they seem to be bonding. They're vibing and they're like, oh yeah, we've had three excellent dates. And Chris Red just says, okay, well, I mean, since we've things have been going so well, maybe you can answer for me. Why do you always wear that green scarf? And she takes off her green scarf, and we discovered that there is a meatball person on her neck. Um, it is a yeah. meatball growing out of her neck, and it's it's a meatball played by, I think it was Oscar Isaac was the first one. Yeah, it was. It was like, a, yeah, she, she has like, and the, it's the, the little skin tag, the meatball-sized skin tag. Mm-hmm. It sings a little song. Right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is odd. And, uh, you know, at first, and I think Chris is like, oh, that's okay. And uh, then he also notices that, he, that she has, like, little hands coming out of her top. So she's like, yeah, I have another one down here. And, of right. course, I, I think that might that might have been, like, 80s face on another meatball size skin tag. And, and, and then we discover that she's basically covered in these, these meatballs. She has them. At various places throughout her body, and they're right. they're very musical, and they're they're singing a song, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I find that once they get started, it's best just to let them go, and then they tire themselves out." So, yeah. So then we had we're treated to these uh meatball size uh skin tags singing a little song about who they are and their names, like one's named Jim, and it is it is the trippiest, most oddest thing I've seen on SNL and quite some time it's uh yeah particularly this early in the show yeah like this is totally like a 10 to 1 sketch mm-hmm. so to see this this early i was like wow all right uh hmm okay <laughs> okay it's it's definitely it's definitely an eye opener it's definitely it's definitely not a humdrum in any way this it's sketch. out there it's out there um yeah this was uh co-written by sarah sherman and dan beulah and wow yeah it, it's an odd one it's almost like if like David Cronenberg wrote a comedy sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get a whole lot of body horror in <laughs> your late night comedy sketches usually, but I feel like with Sarah Sherman, because she seems to trade in the, the gross out type humor a lot, um, we may be seeing more of that. Yeah, like and, I, I, and, I and at the end, uh, Chris Red is accepting of this i mean as accepting as you can be and then they kiss and then uh she's like oh right yeah i forgot to tell you it's extremely contagious and then we have a like close-up inside of his mouth and we see that his uvula has now become a, <laughs> a meatball person babs is uvula <laughs> yeah so yeah so uh and also we also see uh, the musical guest uh, charlie xcx is also one of the meatball uh people living under her armpit playing a, a guitar Yes. Um, yeah. What What did you think of this sketch? I really want to. I mean, it's odd. Uh, it's. I wouldn't say it was like the funniest of the night, but I didn't think it was unfunny. Okay. You know, uh, it wasn't my favorite or anything. I was just like, okay, that's that's weird. Um, 
I think it was probably funnier than it was weird. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. it was like weirder than it was funny, but it was. Yeah. I I I'll, I mean, I I kind of feel the same way you did. Like I didn't love it, but I appreciate the fact that they took such a big swing mm-hmm. on such an odd odd sketch. Because like I think I'd rather like a odd memorable sketch like this than just like a regular humdrum kind of forgettable sketch that they right. could just, that they could I just mean, pump it's, out. It's certainly not yet another game show sketch. Yes. It's, and it's interesting to see like a decidedly different style of humor on SNL. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool that, I mean, the show's been going on for uh, nearly 50 years and we're getting new types of humor on it. That's pretty exceptional, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is definitely not the norm to what they're used to doing. So I appreciate that. I, I don't feel like it's, I mean, this is like more sort of that, uh, you know, uh, adult swim, Tim and Eric. Yes. Ty- type of vibe of comedy. Which so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, or even like a Chris Elliott type of, but which is like, mm-hmm. I'm not, that's not, you know, that's not my bag, baby. But like, I appreciate that they, um, that they went for it. Like yeah. they did. Like, and also like I mean, I, a part of me kind of felt like, I knew something weird was going to come up when I saw in the beginning of the sketch, like Sarah Sherman was not like her typical Sarah Sherman self. You know, it's uh-huh. like she was like she wasn't wearing her like you know David Koresh glasses and rainbow suit, and she was like <laughs> David Koresh glasses. You know what I mean? She has them. And, yeah. Okay. And she wasn't wearing her like her rainbow suit, and she wasn't like scream talking like she usually does. She was like talking, mm-hmm. you know, like regular. And right. so I was like, oh, wow, she's being like a more subdued. Oh, this is going to get really weird. Yeah, exactly. I swear, I swear that's what I thought. I was like, oh, she's being really, like, because she usually kind of scream talks like Gilbert Gottfried. And yeah. so, like, not to see her not do that and talk her talk in a regular voice, that, mm-hmm. that like, unsettled me. I was like, oh, what's about to happen? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall, um, I thought the sketch was more interesting than funny, but I, I'm glad we have it. If that, okay. makes, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. It makes a vague amount of sense. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to see this type of thing every single week, but every once in a while, yeah. All right. Yeah. You definitely don't want to watch this while eating. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I did not have... Well, actually... Actually, I went to a party last night and I did eat some meatballs. So I, I ate oh! meatballs within 12 hours of watching this sketch. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Um, I'm glad I didn't watch this like right after I got home from the party. Though <laughs> I'm I'm glad I spaced it out and I was able to see it on the next day. Yeah, it wasn't quite as weird. <laughs> like you get home from the party, you immediately watch. It's like, oh, let's watch this meatball sketch. Well, oh my god! No. <laughs> I you have to. There had to be somebody out there who was eating a, a nice spaghetti dinner yeah. <laughs> during this episode. I, I hope they didn't show this at the Olive Garden or anything like that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. If there, it, if there was somebody who was like shoveling a meatball into their mouth at the point of the reveal in the sketch, let us know. Yeah. All the Italian restaurants cleared out when the sketch came out. <laughs> oh my God. No. Mamma mia. Where did anybody go? And um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it's a nice. <laughs> it's not the nice. Uh, 
I'll sum it up for you, huh? All right. Um, so next we have our musical guest for the week, uh, Charlie XEX. Uh, she, of course, did two numbers. She did uh, the first number, Beg For You, uh, and her second number, Baby. Um, right. Her, her first number, she's, like, decked out in, like, this this white outfit. She's got what looks like Fritos on her fingernails. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of fixated on those throughout the number. <laughs> yeah, like those Lee press-ons, like, yeah. like 10-inch. Like nails that they were yeah yeah quite quite a sight quite a sight um and you know her second number baby uh she's in like this black number uh she looks like uh as we hear uh, somewhat later in the show she looks like she was going to a sex funeral yeah <laughs> so hey now. that's what i thought when i saw that um mm-hmm. what what do you think of her her music um I thought it was all right. I thought it was, you yeah. know, she did it well. It's, it's nice, catchy, poppy mm-hmm. dance songs. I, right. um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was okay. It just seemed kind of, I don't want to say generic, but mm-hmm. kind of generic. It just seemed like, all right, this is nice pop uh, dance uh, stuff. Like, you know, I probably would have liked it when I was, you know, 13 or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was like, all right, this is all right. I liked uh, like in the in the first opening number she was dancing like around all these like flowing silk curtains mm-hmm. like a, like it was like an r&b video from the 90s or something I thought, uh, yeah yeah there's like a, like a was, smoke machine yeah it, she she seems like a little Katy perry ish so i feel like she she appeared in she appeared so close to when Katy perry was on the show and they're Shtick seemed kind of similar, so I kind of wish they'd gotten a little more space between them, you know? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I honestly didn't write much about these performances. I thought they were, I thought they were okay, well done, mm-hmm. you know, just fine dance pop stuff, nothing. Yeah, they, uh, it's good for what it is. It's just not really our bag for either one right. of us. It's no LCD sound system, which is something we didn't bring up that I didn't even realize until afterwards, uh-huh. where um, on the second, you probably saw it too, where in the second performance, the lead singer kind of threw in like a nod to, to Angelo towards the end of his Yeah, no, I mentioned that. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, I do not listen to this podcast, so I... Well, I mean, you don't listen to my parts of it. I think you're, you're wrapped with attention when you're talking. I'm sorry, what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, weekend update. Weekend update with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Michael Che. Uh, let's see. I mean, uh, this this is a pretty good update. I thought. Um, I enjoyed the Chase line about how uh, since they've lifted uh, vaccination legislation, <laughs> that bars and restaurants will no longer have to pretend to look at vaccination cards. I thought that was a good yeah. line. There's a knowing laugh throughout the audience, right? But like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Trey had one of my favorite jokes, where uh, the National Pig Day joke. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I told a pig that, and he handcuffed me. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's a very Trey joke. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there. Like, I like that joke. Um, what else were they like? There's uh, like Colin a few- just uh, he he mentioned a story. 
Um, apparently, there's a big controversy with the show Euphoria right now, and they, they're arguing that the creator of Euphoria is sexualizing the teenage characters too much, and like all the characters in the Euphoria are in high school, I believe. And yeah. Colin just says, you know, I think I, I can speak for everyone when I say that no one had sex in high school. And he puts up a picture of him in high school. And uh, yeah. yeah, not good hair. Yeah, it was a weird, how, how would I describe it? It's like a bowl cut almost. That's like yeah. hard parted in the middle. Yeah. It was like, oh, all right, that's, that's a choice. Like, Definitely a choice. Wow. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but facially, he didn't look that different. I mean, he's no. still, yeah. If it wasn't for how he was dressed in his hairstyle, he, he wouldn't look that that different. Yeah. So. He, he has a youthful face, so there's, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I admire uh, Joseph's willingness to always be the butt of the joke. I mean, that seems to be a regular thing on his update segments now, and... Yeah, uh, and I enjoy that. Well, I mean, he has a book out called "A Punchable Face," so I think he knows mm-hmm. that. Like, once people just sort of just just by looking at him, you kind of want to make fun of him. Like, he well, you know, and also, and it's like you know, once you become head writer of SNL and you're married to Scarlett Johansson, it's kind of tough to be an underdog. So I like that he's sort of uh, like taking the piss out of himself, as the British might yeah. say. You know? Yes, exactly. Um, like. Like, oh, yeah, you're making fun of me because I look like this. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I'm just going to go back to my my penthouse mansion in the sky and make love to Black Widow. So, uh, ta-ta, paupers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you got you to do something to get the audience's sympathies on your side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're, when you're in that position. Um Absolutely. So, yeah. So kudos to Colin Jones for being a good sport uh, about that. Here, here. Um, for desk segments, we actually had desk segments back this week. We Ooh. had uh, Kate McKinnon talking about Florida's don't say gay law, which is, oh my, how insane is that, man? It, it's, God, we're, we're going backwards, people. Like we are. Florida and Texas. What the hell is going on with you guys? I like, mean, God damn. No, look, nobody expects you to be the most progressive states, but. Can you join the late 20th century at least? Yeah, like I th- God. They're they're literally this close to taking women's uh taking away women's right to vote. I'm pretty sure it's like on the docket. I mean, sure. this is how um oh god, why I'm blanking on the 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 handmaid's tale happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this is how the handmaid's tale happens. I'm I'm 90% certain. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, God, if you don't if you don't know about the don't say gay, look it up. It's, I mean, if you're any type of DC human being, you'll be disgusted by it. Yeah. And uh, so Kate McKinnon, uh, she had a good slant on it. I liked how she talked about how back in the '90s, gay was synonymous with bad. It was like you know considered an insult. You know, you can, oh that's so gay. And she was saying, like, well, you know, it's great that they won't be able to do that anymore. So this is this is cool. And then Colin just sort of straightens her, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> and, and what, the, uh, what the law is, what the bill is actually about. And just, you no, know, this is basically just like you can't talk about gay people. You can't mention the word gay. I mean, they're just trying to get rid of gayness as, a, as an abstract concept, which is just. Oh my God, that's insane! God, that is Christ Almighty! What's that? Oh, yo, yo. 
Yeah. And of course, uh, Kate hears this and she has like a, you know, a little, little bit of a meltdown, as you would. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I thought this. Was like, I mean, the way the way Kate goes, like what? <laughs> the way she said it was genius. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not doing justice to it, but but it was just that great dazed. What? <laughs> yeah, like she was trying to wrap her mind around it in the moment. Yeah, and it's just like what's what is this? And it's yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just her being, you know, disgusted and bummed out by such a that something like this could pass, and you know the fact that you can't acknowledge that gay exists at all. Like, right. I mean, she, you know, she's of course says that it's that's the gayest law she's ever heard of. Yes. I mean, yes. Um. Good segment. I, th- I thought it was uh, nice, short, to the point. Didn't belabor the point too much. Uh, well done. You know, and, and it's Kate McKinnon. How can you not love it? Yeah, at this point, like, as, I feel like as soon as she gets on camera, people automatically, like, applaud and love. Like, even before she's even done anything. People, yeah, yeah. People are like, yay! Yeah. People are like, yay! It's Kate! There she is! She's there! Yeah! Yeah! I mean, I think it's safe to say that if you dislike Kate McKinnon, you are a horrible garbage person. Fair enough. I'll go go sign that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if... See, now that bill I'll sign. Yeah, if If, if somebody told me that they did not like Kate McKinnon, I was just like, okay, well, just lowered my estimation of you as a person. Um, I hope that you have other good qualities, because that sure isn't one. Yeah, it's like saying you don't like pizza. It's like what? What are exactly. you exactly? What's wrong exactly. with you? Kate McKinnon is a fucking delight. <laughs> Kate McKinnon's a fucking delight, says John yeah. Trumbull of SNL Nerds. I will co-sign that again. Um, right. This uh, segment, by the way, uh, co-written by Allison Gates, Kate McKinnon, and Celeste Yim. So nice job, ladies. Yeah, yeah. well done. And uh, we got a got a second segment. We got Ego Wodum as mm-hmm. Pauline, the wary mother in her darkest hour, which is a yep. character she played on the uh, the Elon Musk episode, the episode which we dare not speak its name. I I must have blocked that out because you no, know, I did not remember her doing this character before. Did it, did Alex Moffat do Tucker Carlson on the Elon Musk episode? Is that why I don't, I don't remember it? I wish he did. I wish. I wish because somebody... honestly, after that episode, after we recorded our podcast on that episode, I I got one of those little Men in Black memory eraser <laughs> uh, devices, and you know, I called over Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, and they were nice enough to come by and just be like, <laughs> and yeah, memory erased. Can you give me that card so I can have that? So I oh can... yeah, absolutely. We'll talk after yeah. the show. Because like honestly, like 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 no joke. Like a couple days ago, I found I found myself just thinking about that episode, and I got ang- I got angry all over again. Like that episode, <laughs> that episode made me so mad. It's like uh, it's like uh, that guy when you say Niagara Falls around him in that old Abbott and Costello sketch. Uh-huh, it was, it was, uh-huh. It's like that. I was just like, God damn that Niagara episode. Falls. Go! Totally, I <laughs> hand, step by step. Yeah, it's like go, Musk. Like, <laughs> That Gen- God, that Gen Z hospital sketch. What the fuck was that? I- it, it was it was like when uh, Steve Martin and Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid when someone says cleaning woman. You just you just go berserk and you start strangling the person closest to you. Yeah, like I, I yeah. punched a hole in the wall. Like I was inconsolable. Yeah. 
This is why we don't tape together in the studio anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got kicked out of uh, non-pro studios because just too many holes in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Darren just strangles too many people. Yeah, they can't. They, they, they can't. They're tired of hiding the bodies. I can't. They, they're like, guys, yeah. we can't. We can't with this anymore. We can't keep burying bodies. It's become a problem. It's become a problem. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Pauline, weary mother in her darkest hour, she's talking about Rihanna's pregnancy and and Pauline is like a real pregnant woman. So she's not she's not all glammed up uh, pregnancy like uh, like Rihanna is having, yeah. <laughs> where she looks like she's going to a sex funeral. Yes, uh, of course. I like that line. I just find that an amusing line. Sex funerals, that's a good name for a band. Anybody out there? It really is. Excellent name for a band. Sex right. funeral. I would go see that band. I imagine they play like goth industrial or mm-hmm. something. Yep. But, you know. Yeah, so I'm just, just just throwing it out there, throwing out ideas. Yeah, yeah, free band name, folks. Sex right. funeral. Hey, and uh, yeah, we see we talk to Pauline, who's like very depressed that she's pregnant. You know, Rihanna looks beautiful. She looks like she's trying to shoplift a turducken. Yeah. Uh, the pregnancy has her going crazy, wanting to eat everything. You know, pickles, peanut butter, the barrel of a shotgun. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I, I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, all right. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was a, that was a left turn, my friend. Yeah, this, uh, this segment, by the way, uh, written by Anna Driesen, Allison Gates, and of course, Ego Noatum. Right. So, yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, and I also liked how at the end of um, Pauline's spiel, she brings in Michael Che to it, revealing that Michael Che is the one that knocked her up. Yeah, and and she's and she she points out that he didn't want to wear a condom because it interferes with sensation. And Michael Che just goes, "Yeah, that does sound like me." <laughs> it don't it don't feel the same, baby. <laughs> I <laughs> Michael Che just quickly agreeing to stuff tonight was probably my favorite stuff in yeah. the evening of just him immediately being like. Yeah, okay, you can take over update. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna head out and yeah. and like oh yeah no I totally told you not to that I shouldn't wear a condom because it interferes yeah. with sensation. <laughs> that does sound like me. He's very agreeable. <laughs> He's very agreeable. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, I probably. You know, Michael Trey likes to go in raw. Yep. <laughs> he likes the raw intercourse. Oh, there it is. Oh, full circle. We're just we're just weaving these threads through the show. I mean, it's it's really yeah. impressive. Well, we're we're, uh, we're weaving a beautiful tapestry, people, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. you, the listener. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, funny stuff. Pre- a pretty solid update, I thought. Yeah, not bad, not too shabby. Uh, next up, we got '80s Dream. '80s Dream. Uh, this starts out with an introduction by Ad Bryant explaining that she's been on the show ten years now. She's played many a mother, many a teacher. Uh, and and now she's just doing this sketch herself of of what she wants, and it's it's her with her famous recurring character called the sexual woman, right? Because uh, you know, as I mean, again, eighties aware of who she is, who she's constantly playing in sketches. Mm-hmm. You know, suburban moms, yeah. uh, housewives, you yeah. know, uh, women named Barbara. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that that's her wheelhouse. Teachers. So, yeah. so oh, you know, women named Diane, you know, she uh-huh. diversifies. So, in, in this sketch, she plays, you know, like a a a, 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 a a a sexual dynamo of a woman. Yes, 
She she gets to glam it up, which uh, yeah, eighty doesn't get to do that too much on the show, I suppose. Right, and of course here we see Oscar Isaac's as the uh, the the object of her affection. Mm-hmm. And um. And and she of course resurrects her famous catchphrase as the sexual woman. Uh, hey, get your fat ass on my lap, bitch. Which, straight in the t-shirt. I mean, I mean that's one of the all-time great catchphrases from one of the all-time great SNL characters. I mean, it was it's just it's just so much fun to see the sexual woman return whenever they they come back to her. Right. I I mean, I haven't seen this. They haven't brought her back in a while, so I was glad to see this yeah. recurring character. But I mean, I have so many fond memories of the sexual woman and all the wonderful sexual woman sketches that she's done over the years. Right. It's, uh I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, Darren, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. What what is your favorite the sexual woman sketch? Oh, oh, the one from the uh, from the '90s was good. Uh, from that time uh, when they did that thing. Yes, from the time yeah. they did that thing with that guest host, and she was like, "Hey, big boy, bring bring them cakes over yonder." And, yeah. uh, you know, th- th- that was before she had her catch, right? So they would experiment yeah, I mean, it, it took them a while to, to work out the kinks, but, uh, yeah. Right. And, uh, but that's been gold ever since. I thought that was good. I thought it was good when um, that, that, that guest host came on as the mm-hmm. special guest that did a cameo. Right. Uh, he was good. And uh, the other time, uh, the, the, t- the Cut for Time uh, sketch one. Which you, you probably yes, did. yes, that's yeah. a good one. That's an yeah, excellent one. Yeah. I mean, go Google that, people. Yeah, you want to see some great SNL sketches? Uh, just just Google that, and just I mean, you might have trouble finding it at first, but just keep on searching until you find it. Yeah, don't do it at work though, because if you type in "sexual woman" at work, you might get something else. Uh, yeah. you might, and, get it- and you'll have to talk to uh, the HR department. You'll have a conversation with Oscar and Cecily. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, you got to talk to us again. I'm going to blow my brains out. Yeah. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out. So, yeah, this was basically just an excuse for AD to uh, have fun flirting with Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how can you blame her? Uh, man's beautiful. <laughs> um. I- this one, this is another one I, f- I found like more weird than funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Like, it's, yeah, I, I thought it maybe it was kind of went on a little bit too long. I thought it was weird yeah. how it cut back and forth between the pre-tape and then the live sketch. Yeah, I don't know if we needed to keep cutting back to the pre-tape of eighty talking about it i think just once would have been enough Um, i think yeah i think it was one of those things where maybe they felt like they needed to put that in just so you know just just so you know what's happening like there is no sexual woman i'm just making this up on the spot so i could you know rub my hands on oscar isaac you know Mm -hmm. i I feel like if if they were if they were more confident in the material that the audience would get it they wouldn't have had to go back to the pre-tape and do that yeah it kind of and I, I kind of messed up the flow a little bit, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but I did like that part at the end where um, Oscar Isaac saying, oh, I, I love you, Seth, I love you, 80, you know, me, Oscar Isaac. And then Oscar, for a minute, breaks 
character and is like, wait, whoa, that's that's my real name. Is that a mistake or something? And, and yeah, and Eddie just makes a quick excuse. She's just like, oh yeah, the writers, they're you know. their writers are so annoying and stupid. Let's just go with it. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> and he, yeah, I thought that was a nice little twist. I thought yeah. that was a nice little twist right there. Uh, this sketch, by the way, written by A.D. Bryant, Alison Gates, Claire O'Kane, and Celeste Yim. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. No, yeah. Not my favorite of the night by any means, but. Mm-mm. Okay, so uh, next up. Okay, we... I mean, I, I cannot blame A.D. for abusing her position like this. I, I would attempt to do the same thing in her shoes. Yeah, if you have that power, you you abuse it, abuse it, abuse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're all about. Yes. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes, as it should. I mean, it's <laughs> bit otherwise. What's the point of having power if you can't abuse it? What the flip? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's half the fun. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, next up, Home Repair Show. Mm-hmm. This is a home repair show, as you might have guessed from the title of the sketch. What? Uh, Oh, yeah. It's uh, Keenan hosting a home repair show called In Over Your Head about people who attempted their own home repairs and quickly got in over their head. Uh, we had Kyle come on as a fellow who tried to fill his own pool. He's just like, well, it's just a hole in the ground that you fill up with water. How tough is that? Yeah, and apparently it's a little bit tougher uh, than one would think. Yes. I, I did. I will admit I did like the first gag. Uh, that happened when uh, Kyle first comes out. He's like soaking wet from the top, and then mm-hmm. uh, Keenan, who's the host, saying, "Oh wow, looks like uh, you got a little wet there from building the pool." And Kyle says, "Oh no, that this is unrelated." And yes, <laughs> and it's never explained. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I guess he's just a sweaty boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then of course, then they go into how he tried to dig the pool while filling it up with water in order to save yeah. time, and it ended up. And, and he, also setting the concrete, and he, and he got caught in the concrete. Um, right. And he ended up puncturing a septic tank, because that's a different kind yeah. of pool. Yeah. And uh, Oscar Isaac comes on as a fellow who tried to do his own electrical work, and obviously el- electrocuted himself. He tried to install his own circuit breaker. Um, yeah, he puts on those, like the strong like uh, Spanish, sort of like Chico and the Man type of voice, where he's like, oh, it's just wires. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of he did a lot of character work, a lot of character voices throughout the show, which I appreciated. Really, he really made a point of differentiating his characters in in each and every sketch he was in, which was cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he, I think he said he tried to build his own. He tried to install his own circuit breaker, mm-hmm. which is um, something if you shouldn't be doing if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you know that's, that's you know that's that's tricky stuff, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he electrocuted himself. Then they bring in the the third guest, who is um, Kenan Thompson's uh, wife, and um, then it just ends up with you know played by Ego, and then it's just Ego sort of dressing him down, sort of berating him, saying that their house is in need of repair, but he doesn't get to it because he's too busy doing this show, you know, talking to other people who hurt themselves who got in over their head. And then she points out, like, yeah, this, this toolbox isn't even a real toolbox. It's full of beer. And this these these tools aren't even real tools. They're just, like, tools. They're just chocolate-shaped like tools. Yeah. Uh, weird sort <laughs> in, in the last bit of the sketch. I just, I, I thought that was just very odd. Yeah. The, the way it ended, like, uh, 
Yeah, it was a weird switch. And then at one point, they bring in his son's peanut allergy. And I was like, and yeah. then, and then they have Chris Red comes in with like this big swollen tongue. It was, yeah, very odd. Yeah, I was like, what does this have to do with anything? Like it, I, I, you know, not to make the joke, but it did feel like the writers of the sketch got a little in over their head too. And then, oh, oh, yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was just, I thought it was very, eh, um, as a sketch, uh, a, but it is notable uh, for another reason altogether. This was apparently um, Keenan Thompson's one thousand five hundredth sketch. Yes, on the show, the big one five oh oh oh, Mister. No, wait, wait, no, just wait. two O's. What? What? One thousand five hundred. That's what? just two zeros. Ah, yeah, okay. Yes. This he is, did not do 15,000 sketches. This is why I don't do my own taxes, John. Because I'm not <laughs> I am not good with numbers. It's funny because Darren was doing his taxes earlier today. <laughs> yeah. And so we're recording this late. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, numbers numbers elude me. <laughs> as you can see. But that's that, that's an accomplishment. That is that is quite the accomplishment from Mr. Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Uh, so congrats, Mr. Keenan Thompson, for yeah. another uh, fifteen hundred sketches and another fifteen thousand more. Yep. Numbers. Uh, is he gonna do another fifteen? I don't. I don't see that. That seems like a lot. I don't see him leaving the show anytime soon. It could happen. Yeah. No. Probably not. Yeah. Like. Like. No one on the cast, people in the cast still like him. Lauren is cool with him yeah. staying around. The yeah. audience loves him. He can still yeah. do side jobs while he's on the show. No. Yeah, he has a sitcom. And he, yeah, if you don't leave, like when you get your own sitcom, it's, yeah, it is so weird. There, yeah. there, there was some article I saw recently that was saying that, yeah, it's not really like it used to be where like you got a hit movie and then you left the show and you, you did movies or you you got a sitcom and you did that. Now people just stay with the show no matter what. Yeah, and then they have like all these side hustles on the yeah. side, like commercials and movies and TV shows. And like I, I still remember mm. like did you listen to the um the Fly on the Wall podcast with Dana Carvey and um uh David Spade? I haven't listened to that yet, no. If on the Conan episode they, they mentioned that too where where they talk about yeah, like I guess like now, it's okay for all these cast members to have like side gigs and miss shows and stuff, and yeah. I think, and especially even uh, Spade says, yeah, like I couldn't do uh, a Super Bowl commercial that I got offered because of the show, and it was like really good money, and I really wanted to do it, but I talked to the people at SNL, and they were like, yeah, we you can't, we don't do that here, so I had to like turn it wow. down. And That's nuts. Yeah, I guess I guess Lauren is just more like, oh, I'll probably hang on to people longer if I let them do more stuff. And I think that's also probably part of the reason he has such a huge cast now. I guess so. Yeah, I guess it's just... I mean, they can afford to lose people from week to week. So, like, Pete Davidson can go off and do Suicide Squad. Uh, Cecily can do uh, Schmigadoon or her her Broadway show. And and Kate can go off and do the, the Tiger King thing. Yeah, out now in Peacock. Yes. Yeah, and even this episode, no Pete. He was, he's out. No, Pete. No, yeah, he was. Uh, I forget why he was missing, but uh, he's off doing some Pete Davidson thing. Yeah, he's 
Mm, uh, uh, okay, I'm not gonna say it. I, <laughs> okay. I, I have a real something involving Kim Kardashian. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't say it because I'm a gentleman. Okay. All right. They're All right. still dating, right? I believe. Still a thing. I believe so. I believe they're. Uh, okay. You know, in, in El Flagrante Delecto. Okay. Well, good for them. Uh, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, um, uh, the home home repair house repair sketch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weak, and uh, it just ends. There's not a strong ending at all. So I was like, yeah, uh, it was like I said, it just took this weird left turn with the ego coming on as his wife. Yeah, it just was. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it really built well, as as you like to say. Yeah, yeah, this was this was a miss. I thought. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you would hope that it would have been a better sketch for Keenan's one thousand five hundredth, but. Yeah. Oh, they, they can't all be winners. Take the good, take the bad, take them both. There you have. The different strokes. Yes, exactly. See, you get it. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. I get things. Yeah. All right, next we had a sketch called Fiction Workshop with Amy Bryant playing a teacher. <laughs> not, <laughs> not 15 minutes after she complains about playing a teacher on the show. She is playing a teacher in another sketch. I thought that was kind of hilarious. Life imitates art, imitates life, imitates art. I just mirrors reflecting mirrors. Oh. We're through the looking glass here, people. We really are. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, so AD is teaching a fiction writing class. Uh, mm -hmm. Her students are Chris Red, James Austin Johnson, uh, Heidi, her first appearance of the night, and uh -huh. um, uh, Melissa. And... Um, yeah, so they're they're about to wrap up the class, and then we see Oscar Isaac as the janitor coming in to mop up, and then she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you guys were done." And then, um, and then uh, the teacher is like, "No, no, it's okay, we're almost done." And you know, she, then she strikes up a conversation with the person, and we find that the person actually kind of writes on the side, the janitor. Yeah. So yeah, like she she always sees him with a different book in yes. his hand. So she's like, "Oh, well, you're obviously an avid reader," and so. Yes, do you write? Yeah. And why don't a, you join us? Why don't you share some of your work with us? Right, and then we have, and then we then the janitor sits down and reads uh, the story he's been writing, and um, called "Apogee of Midnight." Mm -hmm. And uh, we, title. yeah, great title. And uh, we quickly learn this is basically like uh, some type of erotic fan fiction about involving him in Dua Lipa. It's just basically a story about him hooking up with Dua Lipa. <laughs> yeah. And his his character in the story is not terribly familiar with Dua Lipa. He says like, oh, no, well, I've seen a few bikini pictures, but that's about it. Yeah. I'm more of a classic rock guy myself. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like a, I, I thought it was a, I kind of like this one. I, I thought it was like a very interesting slice of life sketch. It all kind of hinges mm -hmm. on Oscar Isaac's performance. And he yeah. he does a really good performance in this. Like he kind of played mm -hmm. this character like sort of a all shucks type of you know like oh yeah I'm just a janitor I'm just yeah. mop, I'm just mopping up here man and then yeah. He, yeah. like but he the way when he gets into this story like it it's uh it's it kind of reveals this other side of him where and it's it's interesting like and I also like the fact that like all the guys in the um, class want to hear more about the story about him. 
Yes, and all the women are like, okay, well, we've heard quite enough. Um, yeah. Why don't we just, like, skip to the end? And he, like, he skips to what you think is the end, and then he starts chapter two. And they're like, wait, chapter two? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is 800 pages. Yeah. <laughs> Strap in, so, guys. And apparently gets quite detailed. Yeah, at one point he mentions uh, Tony McDaniels, a ginger milf. <laughs> I was like, is that an actual person? Or can I look at I don't know. Is that? Uh... Should I Google Tawny McDaniels? I, Let me see. I, all right. <laughs> I'm now curious. Okay. Okay, well, the first things are Tawny McDaniels SNL and Tawny McDaniels Reddit. So. All right. Pro proceed with caution. Yeah. Um, and somebody on Reddit saying, I can't find the Tawny McDaniels subreddit is. So is Tawny McDaniels a person? I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he also mentioned like, oh, porn wasn't wasn't what it was like it was in the seventies when it was great. It was all about art. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. sure, yeah. But he's still saying it in a way that he's like still kind of nice and charming. He's not like saying it in like a slimy, creepy way. But... No, yeah, he seems very. Uh... <laughs> he he doesn't seem to have much malice to him. So yeah, so like it's it's and it's it's it is. It is a very fine line to walk with a character like this, where like you, it you could like, it's very you could fall into the trap of it. Him kind of coming across like a like a sleazy lech, but the way, yeah. uh, the way uh, Oscar plays it, he's it's he's still kind of endearing and sweet, even though he does yeah. you know he does say things like uh, to Dua Lipa in his stories. Well, what brings you all this way to to see little old me there, girly? Yeah. And then, and then Dua Lipa asks him, can you teach me how to make out? <laughs> and at that point, the girl's like, all right, this is... Yeah. And I also like... Um, I thought it was By the way, not getting any hits on Tawny McDaniels. It's saying, did, did you mean Tony McDaniels or Tawny McDonald? So apparently both of those are things, but Tawny McDaniels, not so much. Who the hell's Tawny McDonald now? Wow, that's... I, I don't know. I'm not going further down this <laughs> okay. rabbit hole. Down. All right. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> I mean, this is already just tangentially related to the uh, sketch. Somebody doesn't want to do the work. <laughs> um, but hey, if there is a Tawny McDaniels out there, just know that there's a janitor who looks like Oscar Isaac who wants to have sex with you. So, hey. So, hey, there's a pick me up. Hey, now. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it's. Uh, it's an interesting sketch. Again, it's a sketch that pretty much all hinges on Oscar's performance, and I think he does yeah. it really well. It's like a nice little, interesting way to close out the night. Because like usually, I thought, yeah, I thought it was an odd sketch, but like you, I, the performances are what made it for me. I, I think the performances elevated it a level. Yes, you. absolutely. I thought this so, was a, I thought yeah. this was a fine little like a uh, slice of life sketch. I'm surprised to see it at the end of the show. This, this could have played maybe earlier in the show but uh I don't know, either way well i mean the end of the show that's when you want the weird stuff and this was i think weird enough to to go at the end of the show so, I, I, yeah but dude like meatballs was way weirder well yeah i mean if yeah i mean if we're we're comparing weird i think sarah sherman's stuff is always going to take that prize <laughs> she is always going to be the weirdest person in the room we're comparing apples to meatballs here Exactly, exactly. Um, 
So there was also one more cut for time sketch uh, called Aero Toilet, uh, which is, of course, up on the SNL YouTube, as are all these other sketches. Please watch them, won't you? Um, and yeah, Aero Toilet, uh, this was a sketch that was written by... Oh, well, actually, we don't have writer credits for this. So uh -huh. um, I'll just make up some writer credits, and I'll say it was... Kate McKinnon, Kyle Mooney, and let's say Dan Beulah. Fair Yahtzee. Yeah, I'm I'm just pulling three names out of a hat. But <laughs> yeah, you you three, you officially wrote the sketch now. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, congratulations. Um, so it's uh, yeah, Kate McKinnon, Oscar Isaac. They're hosting a party, but uh, Oscar's a little bit worried about uh, so many different people using their toilet. And if the septic tank can handle it. But uh, fortunately, Kate has, from the makers of the AeroBed, Aero Toilet, the inflatable guest toilet you can go to the bathroom in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty much them. That's uh, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of people shitting into an inflatable toilet. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a toilet in the middle of the room, no walls surrounding right. you. And like people come seeing you, you know, in your most uh, intimate of moments. I mean, if you have a burning desire to see a lot of SNL cast members with their pants around their ankles and their genitals all pixelated out, this is a sketch for you. Oh, that's got to be a Reddit thread somewhere. That's got to be. Uh, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you don't want to look up that along with Tony McDaniels? Oh, you know that's a fetish for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I. Oh god, I I I, I gross myself out even just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it just goes into it's it's just lots of people using this inflatable toilet, and they're talking about how wonderfully convenient it is, and then it all goes disastrously awry at the end when when Oscar Isaac tries to empty out the toilet, but he pulls the wrong valve, and it just spills everywhere, and and we don't see anything. We just hear everyone just reacting like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Right. Because oh, I think he makes a mistake of, of unplugging it or pulling out the stopper indoors yeah. in the in the kitchen. And then yeah. like, no, no, you got to do that outside. And, you know, it's too late. Yeah. And uh, just poo poo and pee pee everywhere. Yep. Uh, I like how they also had inflatable toilet paper and an inflatable magazine for you to read yeah. on the on the inflatable toilet. Um, yeah, I was like, what? I, I I would have put this in the show if it were up to me. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was funny enough. I, I you know, yeah. I understand it had to be cut for time, but yeah, this I thought the sketch was all right. You know what? I feel like not all the cut for time sketches are cut purely for time. Ooh, I feel like sometimes they might be cut for content. Mm. So that's my hot take. So you're saying pixelated genitals on a toilet is the reason we can't see this in in the show on the main stage? Well, maybe, but I mean, you know, that that's what the internet is for anyway. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I understand there's also non-pixelated genitals on the internet I, somewhere. I wouldn't know about that. Somewhere in places, like somewhere on the dark web. Um, you know, go Google dark web and unpixelated genitals if yes. you want to see that sort of thing. Go to TonyMcDaniels.com TonyMcDaniels.com All sorts of unpixelated genitalia on that. Hey! That was a fine sight. 
um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. This this was this was funny. Yeah, yeah, not not too bad. And um, yeah, that's the episode, guys. Um, all in all, not not a, not too bad an episode. I I feel like the um, the uh, last week's was a little bit stronger. I think the energy was. I, I, I think last week was a lot stronger. I think last week was a really solid show. This one it never really rose above okay for me. But I I liked what Oscar Isaac did a lot. I think his performances elevated a lot of the material. Yeah, him him I would definitely like to see come back again and host. Like he sure he like he brought it. He like it's like you said. Like yeah. there were a bunch of sketches. If I where I feel like if anybody else had done them, they would have been okay or maybe even not that great. But I mm-hmm. think he he kicks it up a notch. He's able to he like, did bring up a lot of sketches. Out of uh, he, mediocrity, he Emerald Lagasse did up. Bam! Yeah. Pow! Yeah. yeah. Blap! Yeah. Flip. That is what he did. Yeah, he flipped it like a uh, Batman fighting in the sixties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would like to see him come back. No, absolutely, absolutely. Like he, he's proven himself that, like, yeah, he can, he could definitely do this. So I, mm-hmm. he was game for anything. He 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 came in a hundred percent, you know. When mm-hmm. in, in the paint, he was he was good stuff. Yeah. So yes, more Oscar Isaac, please and thank you. Yes, yes. And uh, looking forward to watching the Moon Knight show. Oh yeah, that should be a good. I mean, I'm not familiar with the comics. Are you? Or I know a lot of people. Well, are. I mean, like I'm aware of Moon Knight. I've read some Moon Knight uh, stories. I wouldn't say he's a favorite of mine, but he's interesting. Um, they they actually gave him, uh, well, what back in the day he was called multiple personality disorder. I think now it's disassociative identity disorder. Yes, um, I forget why they changed that. Um, but yeah, but he has he has multiple personalities. He's got like three different identities at least. Oh boy, so should be interesting. Yeah, yeah he's, I, he's got some stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as far from what I've heard. Like uh, this is pretty. This character is pretty. It's pretty much a deep cut in the world of Marvel. So I enjoy the fact yeah. that like Marvel is. I feel like DC should really. Do, I, I'm going a little bit of a tangent here, but I feel like DC, yeah. DC should definitely do that too because like, you know, they they really need to. They have a wealth of characters who have not even had a movie yet that they could that they could and should. Yeah, go well, to. I mean, I think DC certainly with like Peacemaker and that they're going for more obscure characters. They're starting so. to now, yeah. As long as James Gunn is doing stuff with him, we're going to see some obscure DC characters. I mean, the man put Polka Dot Man in a movie, so... God bless you, James Gunn. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> we love you, James Gunn. Mm-hmm. You're doing the Lord's work. Um, next week on SNL, by the way, uh, we have uh, Zoe Kravitz from the new movie The Batman mm-hmm. and uh, Rosalia as a musical guest. Yeah, should be good. Um, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Lisa and Lenny's kid. Um, yeah, she's kind of on the rise now. Her star is definitely uh, escalating. Uh, she know. is. She's playing Catwoman in the new The Batman movie. Yes, um, so I have not seen The Batman yet. Have you? Uh, not quite yet, but like I, I hear many, 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 many good things. People seem to be liking it. They, they seem to really be digging the Batman movie. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people like right off the rip compare it to. Uh, the Dark Knight, a lot, you know, like, I mean, if you go online, you automatically, people say, oh, d- just as good as Dark Knight, better than Dark Knight. I'm like, all right, let's hold your horses. Let's, like, 
I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, hey, it's possible. It's that, possible. It's a high bar to to cross, but we'll we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Well, hey, let's let's find out what uh, what you folks thought of this episode of SNL. Um, we got some we got some tweets. We got some. We went tweets. over to the SNL Nerds Twitter account, which is at SNL Nerds Show, and uh, asked folks, "What did you think?" And we got a few responses. We got uh, Mikey with two E's, who says, "Really enjoyed this episode. Seemed to continue with the same energy as last week, but take it all a bit further. Hence, we got to see a kind of weird Sarah sketch." Thought Weekend Update was really strong, and the cold open and monologue were decent too, but wasn't too hot on the Kean uh, DYI sketch. Yeah, that sketch was definitely... Uh, I agree with that, Mikey. That, that sketch I think that was one of the weaker sketches of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. It, yeah. it kind of I think it had potential. That it had some amusing moments, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't send me in a big, big way. Yeah, it kind of just petered out, and it just like... It kind of just yeah. ended with a fizzle and a shrug. Uh, yeah. Uh, Monette Marati, you know, long time, first time, friend of the mm-hmm. friend of the podcast. She says this episode is a good example of how the host coming in with with a philosophy of just throw anything at me and I'll commit can lead to a can lead to great material, as opposed to when Defoe came in with the mindset with the same mindset, and the sketches were all the same joke. Hmm. It's hmm. a fair enough. Uh, Assessment, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think back to the Defoe show. Like the main sketch I remember is the the one where uh, Geppetto just wanted to masturbate. <laughs> um, That's just a, I okay, I don't know. That's a funny sentence. Uh, yeah, there was that. There was the tenant meeting. Uh, oh yeah, no, I like the tenant meeting sketch. Tenant I enjoyed meeting that sketch one. Was good. There's like a bunch of other sketches yeah. where we could tell he was definitely game for anything and everything, but the, the material just kind of wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what else we got? All right. So next we have uh, from Boardman gets paid at uh, Lahat He Lion. That's how I'm reading it. Um, says, "Hey guys, thought I would take a break from fearing for humanity and comment. Hope your relaxing weekend. Uh, caught up on the John Mulaney episode. It was hilarious. Loved every sketch. The next musical piece they do with him should be Floor Pizza to Hamilton and Moulin Rouge." Mm. Well, he's got ideas. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lehat He Lion. Maybe you should make your own uh, uh, Broadway sketch with with uh, hot ideas like this. It's got some ideas, yeah. yeah. This kid's got moxie. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, we heard from Tired at Please Stop, yeah. <laughs> Please Stop 2022. Yes. Love that handle. <laughs> That's a great Twitter handle. Oh, great. Uh, liked it a lot. Cecily and Oscar were great in the sexual harassment sketch and escalated great. Chloe was great in her sketch and got shine with her voice work. Squirm got to be squirmy. And AD yes. really got to gaslight Oscar. Everyone was very on point. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what, was, what was your favorite sketch of the show, Darren? I don't think we've really hmm. covered that. I might go with the last sketch, the uh, fiction writing. Really? Okay. I think I think so. Surprising. I mean, hmm, either that or I, I did get a kick out of the um, 
harassment, sexual harassment. Uh, work that might be that. my favorite. The the workplace harassment cinema noir. Um, I just I I like that. And again, I thought the performances were really good. I thought uh, Oscar and Cecily played off each other very nicely. Right, and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I would say maybe it's a tie between those two sketches: the sexual yeah. harassment workshop and the uh, fiction writing. There's something charming about that that I really thought. And and I think I would also have to give a tip of the hat to Invini Chloe. I thought that was a lot of fun. All right. All right. Yeah. Not too and again, Chloe, if you want to redecorate my apartment, standing <laughs> offer. That's right. Yeah. Name your price. No price is too high, Chloe. Many prices are too high, Chloe. I see. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do not have a lot of money. <laughs> so we do have a ceiling. I see. I want to see what you can do on a budget. This is going to be a test of your, of your <laughs> redecorating abilities. I'm going to give you $5. If you can, if you can redecorate a two two bedroom apartment for that, you yes, you you've got the job. I am willing to pay up to tens of dollars. Ooh, so nice little side gig for you, Chloe. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Cold hard cash, Chloe. Tens of dollars. Yeah, you can you can send me some sketches. That's right, and we'll talk. Hit us up on on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Yes, yes. You can also uh, message us through our individual accounts. Uh, I'm at Trumbull Comic on Twitter. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic. I'm at Dare Incredible. That's D A R I Incredible. Twitter and Instagram. Mmm. Well. Yeah. So, yeah. and again, you can follow us uh, on at the show page at SNL Nerds Show. And uh, go over to non-productive.com and uh, check us out over there. Check out some of the other shows on the Non-Productive Network and uh, contribute to our Patreon. Yes, please. Give us money. Sweet, sweet money. That would be lovely. Brother, can you spare a dime? Yes. Okay. That's very good. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess that's the episode, guys. As always, the episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, um, mm-hmm. you know, re- you know, please spread the word, write reviews, all that jazz. You know the spiel. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, John, how do we end this? You got anything else to say? I th- I think I mean the only way we can end it just peter out gradually and yeah. But wait, don't isn't there like a thing we always say at the end of this? Hmm. I have to think on that. Like, like some sort of catchphrase? Yeah. Like, uh, hey, bring that fat ass over here, bitch, or something. Right. Um, I think I think we should start ending the show with that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, hey, hey, what about? I've got an idea. What's what up? about if we just said nerd out? This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.